This is What's the Buzz with Andrew Burkle. Yo. Check. Feeling dopamine deficient, mulling these decisions. Gotta be persistent if I want people to listen to the knowledge that I'm kicking. I know I could do it different. Rather keep my eyes locked on the truest vision, yeah. To hell with month long, right is black. I know my friends wondering, is he alright or not? Make it count in the Hey, and we are back with the third episode of What's the Buzz? As I announced on Twitter, the show is now available on iTunes as well. I know I sound like a bit of a broken record, but please subscribe, rate, and review the show on there. It's absolutely crucial to keep the show going. Today we have Celine girls basketball coach Leanne Reem. We recorded that Wednesday at the middle school. I got there bright and early, especially for me, before school even started. So, And we, uh, we talked all about her love for the sport of basketball, why the game of basketball really does represent family to her, and much, much more good stuff. And make sure to uh, stick around for the off-topic topics at the end. She was super entertaining, and I uh, think you guys are really going to enjoy it. I'm also going to be expanding a little bit on the Celine Sports update. That will be in just a minute. But first, What's the Buzz is brought to you, as always, by the Celine Post. Check out the website where you can find all kinds of great sports updates and stories during the busy athletic season. I was at the girls' district semifinal soccer game on Tuesday. You can find my game recap on there as well as tons of other good stuff. Also, there was a lot of good Memorial Day coverage on the website. Don't forget, you can also find this podcast on the website as well. Let's shift gears to the sports update. As I mentioned earlier, the girls' soccer team took on here on Tuesday. Unfortunately for them, they just couldn't get the offense going. Huron had two sweet goals. One of them was from like 15 yards outside the box and finished at the top corner. I talked to first-year head coach Lee Rumbold after the game. This is what he had to say. So obviously not the way you wanted to end the season, but yeah. uh, still a good group. What are you going to remember about this team? Well, you know, it's a, it's a young side. It's a little bit of a work in progress. We've got to, you know, they'll, they'll take from this, this experience a lot of things. You know, um, we didn't start game particularly well we ended we ended with a lot of intensity but we need to in a in a playoff game like that we need to start like that and, and ensure that you know that that intensity level stays for the whole game it seems like they kind of uh, they kind of took you off your chance that you never really got a lot of chances going yeah. their defense was always kind of in the right position yeah what were they doing specifically to try to you know not let you guys get any momentum well you know it's always tough when you play um, somebody for the third time in the season um, we both recognize each other's strengths um, and in a playoff game whoever scores the first goal and um, then they can start to you know really focus on stopping the other team from scoring and they did a good job of it to be fair um, I thought before the goal it was really even um, you know and then they they bunkered in a little bit and looked to play on the counter and they did it well and then when they got the second we had to go for it um, and then they just pretty much shut up shop so yeah it was difficult to score um, but um, credit to them they, they did what they had to do they got the first goal and bunkered in. The Selene softball team is rolling at the moment. They opened the playoffs against Huron with a 13-2 victory. Alexandra Pace pitched for the Hornets. She went five innings, allowing just two runs and six hits. Selene scored seven runs in their first at-bat of the game and never looked back. The Hornet baseball team isn't doing too shabby either. They took care of Ypsilanti Tuesday, winning 16-0. Yes, you heard that right. Jacob Whitley was on the mound for the Hornets. He went... Four innings, allowing just one hit, no walks, and struck out 12 batters. 
Morrison, Kerrigan, Daniels, and Arbaugh all had multi-hit games. In other news, Celine Lacrosse Captain Tanner Krumenacher has been nominated for the Detroit Free Press Sports Lacrosse Player of the Year. Good luck to him in that campaign. Okay, that concludes the Celine Sports Update. Let's go to Celine Girls Basketball Coach Leanne Reem. Hey everybody, I'm at the Celine Middle School recording bright and early today. <laughs> uh, came in before school to co- record with Leanne Reem. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to record this with me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, let's get right into it. So you were a middle school basketball coach for 13 years, I, I saw. Is that correct? Yeah. And then you became the JV coach for a season, and now you're in what will be your third year of coaching varsity, correct? Yes. Uh, what did you learn from those, I guess, 14 some odd years coaching uh, some of the younger kids, and how do you apply that to coaching the varsity kids? Yeah, I think that um, where I'm at now as a coach is a culmination of all those experiences. Um, even before the coaching middle school, I coached a high school AAU team prior to that, and so I think that that experience taught me a lot about um, working with high-level committed Uh, varsity athletes and then my years at the middle school level really really taught me to hone in on the skills of the game and how to teach those fundamentals and how to really build the skills of younger players in order to get them to be varsity ready Um, and so all of those experiences um, helped me lay the foundation for where I'm at now. When you were in you know you're 11, 12, 13 did you ever think that you were going to become the varsity coach or was that kind of was that always the dream or was it always something you were working towards? Yeah Yeah, um, being the varsity coach definitely has been a dream my whole life. Um, My dad was a a varsity coach, um, and I I knew that's something that I wanted to do. I will say it came earlier than I had anticipated, um, but when the job presented itself, um, there was something that told me it was the right time. Yeah, most people would say year 13, it didn't come soon soon enough, but you had the patience to kind of realize that you had to work through the steps. Yeah, so um, I just love the game of basketball, and so I loved my time at the middle school and getting my basketball fix and my being part of a team, but I also have a young family. And so I wanted to make sure that my family, that team of mine, was in the place that I was ready to put the time commitment in to do the varsity job the right way. What is it that you love about basketball? I mean, I personally love basketball myself, but what is it that you specifically love about basketball? First and foremost, it's the relationships. Man, that orange leather ball has taken me all across the country. I've met so many different people at every stage, every level of competition that are still some of my best friends to this day. Um, My teammates and coaches have been the ones that have taught me about life, about perseverance, about um, what it really means to work together towards a common goal. And I think that those relationships with my teammates and now with my players – is the thing I absolutely love the most. Yeah, and I think there's something specific about basketball because it's such a tight-knit community. You know, it's like everyone's on that small floor. You're in the locker room together. It seems like it really kind of brings a team together more than almost any other sport. you got to pass the ball. you got to share the ball. You know, it's it's really the ultimate team game. It is such a team game. And with five players being on the floor at one time, having a smaller number of players on the team where you have, you know, that 12, 13 players on the team, you have to become a family. Um, And I think that that's been one of the biggest things that I have to give credit to um, my my players as I've transitioned into um, the varsity coaching job is that we've taken on this mantra of being fiercely united and really connecting together and um, 
then we have confidence everything else is going to fall in line once we become that fiercely united unit. Right. And the other unique thing about basketball is that one person can carry a team, but that almost means that other people have to be more willing to be team players. You know, you have to, you have, there has to be somebody setting picks. There has to be somebody getting rebounds. There has to be somebody making shots. And without any one of them, you can't have a great team, you know? Yeah, every single player on our team has a valuable role that contributes to the success. Uh, it is not all about scoring. It is not all about rebounding. It's not all about those stats that might show up and be very visible to the public. So much of it is those behind-the-scenes thing. Who is that glue person, the one that keeps us all together? Who is that person on the bench that's cheering their tail off and keeps the energy high? Who is that player that just wants to go out there and do whatever is asked of them in their role? And so I absolutely agree. Every role is crucial. The number of minutes you play, the number of shots you take, does not ever minimize or maximize your role. Yeah, and when I think about back to high school, I think that a lot of kids, myself included, like you just don't really have that perspective as much of, you know, this rep matters. This person on the end of the bench cheering as hard as they can that sparks a run, a 4-0 run that, you know, how do you emphasize that to kids, especially sophomores, freshmen, juniors? How do you emphasize that to them that they matter just as much as anyone? Yeah. So, one, we talk about it and we teach it all the time. So it's something that has to just be a way of life. One one way we do it is we have teammate appreciation um, where every week or at a, a tournament or a, a scrimmage, every player is assigned to a different player just to watch them, what they do. And then afterwards we share out the amazing things we saw that person do in their role. And I think that just taking time to watch each teammate and what they do and then taking time to celebrate each teammate for the role that they play um, is a big piece of it. Yeah, so it's kind of like a culture thing that you got to set you got to burn that in before you ever can do anything else really. Yes, it, it completely starts with culture. Um, so we talk so much about being fiercely united and having just gratitude for each other and the opportunity to play this amazing game with the teammates that we have. And so it definitely is a culture piece, but it's not an easy one. I, you know, as a high school athlete, I totally understand the, the rigors of having academics balanced with athletics and then trying to walk in and say, I'm going to give it my all at practice every day and mm-hmm. I'm going to accept a role. And that could be really challenging. And I think that that's one of the most rewarding pieces of my job is just being inspired by these high school athletes that do that on a daily basis. I just think that they're courageous and inspirational. For sure, yeah. I always think about that. Like the, the Golden State Warriors don't have to worry about so, finding so-and-so every year. Who's going to be the energy guy? Because they've had that same team for six, seven years now. I used to occasionally go to Michigan State basketball practices, mm-hmm. and you'd see like – Every just be one guy who's just you know like that guy was at class. He probably got up at six thirty, and then he's going like his motor is running so fast Mm -hmm. every practice. Like those guys are so valuable, especially in amateur sports where you're switching your team so often. Yeah. Uh, So you mentioned that your dad was a high school basketball coach, uh, and you uh, we talked about how family and basketball. It's kind of literal for you, right? Basketball was family growing up, right? Yes, uh, I grew up in the gym, and so. my dad is one of the winning, winningest women's coaches in high school basketball in Michigan. He's got over 400 career wins. You know, he built a dynasty up north in Kalkaska. And so from a young age, I was constantly just in the gym watching him coach. Um, and even more, just being a part of the team and seeing the time and commitment that it 
it requires to be successful. And so I've loved sharing that experience with my my family, my dad and my mom. Um, both have been just so supportive of that culture. And um, I'm so excited. Now I get to kind of relay that same culture with my own small children. Yeah, I, said, I saw that you said in an article in the Slim Post that your goal is to coach your daughter someday. Uh, so what would you have to do specifically, you know, that will be how many years from now would it be? So Kira is a fifth grader. And okay. so, we, so we've got, it's got a few years. And so it's going to mean that um, we're going to have to put in a ton of work. We're going to have to continue to improve. And I'm going to have to keep doing doing the job to be able to maintain the status in order to be there in the future for her. Yeah, and your dad was a coach for a long time. What did you learn from his ability to, for, to, to uh, keep his longevity? Um, I think that the biggest thing that he showed me growing up was just the amount of time and the commitment to – um, youth players and building it really from the ground up. He spent countless hours with elementary students in workouts. It wasn't just the high school players that he was working with. It was those second, third, fourth, fifth graders and really getting them into the sport and teaching them the foundational skills from a young age. And I think that that time commitment and passion that it takes to really have a hand in and inspire kids from a young age, um, is one of the biggest things that I took away from him. And that's easy to preach, but it's not always easy to practice. Like you said, you got kids at home and yeah. going to a Wednesday night, you know, seven o'clock, yeah. second grade basketball camp can yeah. sometimes be easier said than done, right? Um, absolutely. I am so grateful that I have such a supportive family. You know, when I took this job, I asked my husband and both my daughters, this is going to require a lot of time out of mommy you know, are you in? And they said, mommy, follow your dreams. You always tell us to follow our dreams, follow your dreams. And so it has now become a, a family dream. And so um, that support from my family has been huge. But then like, I just love this game. I just love the sport. And I seriously get excited for a Thursday night, 6 p.m. workout with fifth graders, which I've got one tomorrow. You yeah. know, like getting in the gym, it makes me excited to see this game of basketball touch other children the way it's impacted my life. Yeah, and that's the type of passion you see from a lot of the top coaches, too, who are like, you're like, why are they still, you know, uh, Coach K, he's how old is he? He's mid-70s. Mm -hmm. He's still, you know, yeah. going on the recruiting trail. He's going to watch AAU games. And yeah. you kind of almost have to have that passion to, to coach basketball at a high level. Yeah, you absolutely do. It starts with passion. It starts with the vision. I got a lot of work to do to be Coach K. Yeah. Um, but Because I, I think it also just takes a constant willingness to know that you have to learn and improve. I've got a long way to go continuing learning and growing in this game of basketball. Um, and I think that's another huge piece of it. I know I'm never done learning this game. Even though I grew up in a gym, I spent hours every day just thinking the game feeling the game loving the game um that commitment to learning is still a huge piece of what I want to do speaking of coach K is there any college basketball programs college basketball coaches or NBA coaches that you kind of model yourself or your program after um there's a, a lot of fabulous NBA coaches a lot of fabulous college coaches um I played in college myself. My college coach was uh, amazingly inspiring and um, set the tone for me a lot. But in the end, it's my dad and mm -hmm. um, what he showed me that being a varsity coach could be that I, I really want to emulate, learn from, and um, just utilize what he's taught me. Being a high school basketball coach or middle school basketball mm -hmm. coach, a lot of times you have to also well, almost every time you're also a, a teacher or uh, have another job outside of it. How do you think that affects 
uh, coaches and the culture of high school sports on a whole because basically they're all everyone's trying to find a balance. It's almost all a balancing act. Yeah. Um, I feel very fortunate in being a teacher. I think that being a teacher and being a coach really um, meld themselves well together. I'm fortunate because I'm a teacher. I have the same schedule as my athletes. And so mm-hmm. that helps. But I also think that being a coach is being a teacher. So I often find that the lines of my job blur. You know, when I'm coaching, I'm teaching. When I'm teaching, I'm coaching. And so I get to be in that mindset from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. Um, and I find that that really helps. For sure. And when you're in high school, it's some of the most formative, or middle school, it's some of the most formative years of your life. But sometimes you can't really see that. How do you take pride in uh, having such a close hand in that for, uh, first of all, a basketball team every single year and um, uh, also a middle school class as well? Yeah, um, it's a huge responsibility, and it's not one that I take lightly, and um, I constantly work hard at it, at really just building relationships and letting those kids know I care. I feel like for me, first and foremost, I want my students and my players to know that I really care about them. It doesn't mean this is going to be easy. There's going to be ups and downs, but um, I always want to be there to listen, to talk, um, and to let them know that no matter what, I am there for them for life. This is a lifelong commitment. I'm your teacher for life. I'm your coach for life, um, and I just want to be there for you. For sure, and it probably is a little easier to sell to the people you're also coaching too, right? Because you're spending so much time with them, right? Between middle school teaching them maybe and then all the way up to high school coaching them. Yeah, that has been a really cool experience. Um, My seniors that left this year, um, it's really going to be hard for me to let them go because I taught them in seventh grade. I also was their middle school basketball coach. Then I coached them on JV. Then I had them as varsity athletes. And wow. so I have got to watch this, the, the current leaving class of seniors, grow from teenagers just trying to figure out the world to these amazing young women that I can't wait to see the greatness that they do when they leave Celine. That's got to be a great example for your program, for people to come, for, you know, generations to come because they, they got the full experience, right? They're setting the bar for everybody else kind of, right? Man, that senior class really did set the bar. Um, They were this great mix of personalities, great mix of strengths and what they brought to the program. I mean, six seniors that truly brought each of them something unique and different that was instrumental in the initial years of me taking over this job. And I think that we're going to look back five years from now and say, this is a group that really set the tone and started building the culture for what's to come for Celine women's basketball. Yeah. How important are those first classes when, you know, you're taking over a new job, especially going from middle school to high school? You're not like switching high schools and anything. How important are those first senior classes to setting the tone, setting the bar and saying, you know, this is where we work from? Yeah, they're they're incredibly important. You know, I was really fortunate when I first took over. I actually had a really, really young team. I had a few, just a couple seniors, a few seniors that had been there my first year, and then the rest of them were all underclassmen. And so it really essentially was a brand new team. And so I feel very fortunate for that. I think that there's a mix. I'm super proud of the seniors and the commitment and the the example they've shown. But I also think you're going to see, and it's going to be huge, that because we started out so young, I've also got to have some of these kids for – two, three years, four years at the varsity level. And so we've had this constant mix of strong senior leadership with 
talented and um, committed youth that are also paving the way for the younger kids saying, hey, look what you can do. Yeah, that's interesting that you kind of need a balance. And I guess we're hearing some middle school. Is that music or announcements? Yeah, so it's 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 passing time. So that music tells all the kids that are in the hallways, it's time to get to class. <laughs> they got to get their butts moving now. <laughs> yeah, so it'll stop here in just a second. It won't take long. No worries. So from what I've read, you were kind of a lethal shooter from outside. Is that correct? I love to shoot the three, man. Yeah. Like, that was my thing. I absolutely do love the three. You were ahead of your time, I guess, right? Because now the analytical uh, re- revolution has hit the NBA. Now everybody's shooting threes. Yeah, you know, the three is a, a big part of the game now. Um, but I put a, a lot of time in the gym um, perfecting that form, perfecting that shot. And for me, that was, like, just one of those exciting experiences every time you step from behind the arc and that, you hear the net swoosh. Man, I love that feeling. I know. Yeah, there's really no better. It's like a golf ball going into the hole, the sound mm-hmm. it makes, the swish a basketball makes. Yeah. It's like those are the top, two of the top two sounds. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you try to teach your your kids today about shooting and your form? Or like how do you, how do you work with yeah. kids on shooting specifically? Yeah, um, I do feel really confident in the way I can teach form. I um, have been taught from the best, and I had a lot of experience myself being a, a really successful outside shooter. And so we spend a lot of time working on form from a young age to the older age where we shoot one-handed shots we shoot against the wall we just really take time working on form and I am very thankful to have athletes that are willing to make changes because that can be really hard it's really hard to break a habit when you've got it with your shot and I have just been amazed with how many of my athletes have been able to take the advice I give work on it and make changes to their shooting form and we've been seeing our shooting percentage go up and up and up and from uh, a high school standpoint shooting threes is that one of the ways you think you can get an, an edge on your a lot of your opponents just by simply shooting the three the three ball better than a lot of teams? Um, I definitely think it's an advantage when you can shoot the three really well. It really extends the floor, um, but it's not just about shooting the three. I think that shooting the three then ultimately opens up the inside and allows us to get much better shots, much better driving opportunities, and much better opportunities for our post players because once we are lethal from the outside, you have to close. You can't help as much. You can't sag as much. And so that ability to shoot the three ball, yes, it's great for the folks shooting the three, but in the end, it really opens up the driving lanes and the post presence as well. Right. Uh, I've always wanted to ask a basketball coach this. So you see it on every level. Why? Like there's some people who like Ben Simmons in the NBA, you think of like that, are probably never going to be able to learn to shoot. And then you see people like uh, like Kawhi Leonard who couldn't shoot his whole life and then suddenly learns to shoot. Why do you think some people are able to learn to shoot and some people just simply will never will never get it? Man, that's a tough – I think that that's an individual situation for every single athlete. But I can tell you um, part of it is it takes an incredible amount of, of work and mental toughness to get in the gym and change your form. You know, muscle memory is a very powerful thing. And when you – spend your whole life as a child shooting one way to make the change, the significant change to what your muscle remembers to do in order to have great shooting form that will allow you to be more consistent. Takes just a mental toughness and amount of time in the gym to get as many reps in with the change form as you had all those years with your improper form. Mm -hmm. Man, that's hard to do. Yeah. Do you think there's a touch element to it though as well? Because it seems like some people, when they shoot it, from whatever age they are, it, it hits the rim softer. It hits the rim, you know, it just goes in more. Yeah. Do you think there's an element of that still? Or I mean, there's some there's some athletes that have a natural touch, but 
for me, I personally be for the most part, um, your shooting form leads to your touch. And so if my elbow's out and my left hand is then pushing on the on the ball, I'm gonna be my two hands are fighting each other, I'm not gonna get the spin and rotation, I'm not gonna get the touch. And so I think that oftentimes the lack of touch is a result of your shooting form. And so I, I believe that in, in most cases we can get players to have that touch if they're willing to make the changes in their form that allow it to come off their fingertips the right way. Right. Uh, do you have a favorite NBA player? It's got to be a shooter, right? Um, well, I'm going to go WNBA, and she can't play the season, but Diana Taurasi my whole life mm -hmm. has been, you know, she's the GOAT. And yeah. I um, have loved watching just her tenacity and the way she gets after it, her tough-mindedness and the way that she can – catch fire and and just lead and so she's really been an inspiration to me uh, for, my whole life for sure and there's so much, it's the kind of the cool part about the WNBA is uh there's like these legacy players almost that yeah. you know they're in the league forever and you know just just their face you know them like you know yeah. they're you know it's they're, they're around forever you know yes uh speaking of the WNBA uh title nine was passed in 1972 but it's still a huge topic of conversation in amateur sports uh, yeah. what do you affect what effects do you think it's still having all these years later and why do you think it's still such a topic of conversation um man that's a it's a big question and I, sure. I feel like that's a, a culture and societal question I think that um, it definitely plays a role I think that um, in coaching young women part of my job is to empower them is to make them see the amazingness that they have inside and that they are incredible to watch on this basketball court and that they are valued and I um, have really appreciated in Celine how the community got behind us this year and they showed up. And I think that um, this past season was a good representation of how these young women can get out there and play basketball in a really fun way. They can be dynamic and exciting to watch um, and still bring opportunities um, to Celine as these strong female athletes. And so um, I think we've got work to do. I would love to see um, more promotion of these elite female basketball players and of the WNBA, of the N women's NCAA tournament, um, and representative um, in our pop culture. Um, however, I, I still feel like in the Celine community, we've had a big push and so, a lot of support. And so I'll just continue to push these girls to believe in themselves, to see themselves as empowered and, and strong women. Yeah. And I interned at uh, Channel 6 in Lansing for mm. a full year, and I would get, go to like so many so many high school games and one of the things that really like felt like a gut punch to me even was the guys games would be first and then everyone would be in the gym and then the girls game would be after and then everyone would leave how do you deal with that and how do you emotionally like get the girls to still you know bring that energy even when it almost feels like the community is checking out on them um, it, it, there's definitely feelings that, that come along with that. I think the biggest thing is that we have to constantly connect to why we're playing this game. And it's for each other. It's for our love of the game. It's for our love of each other. And so the number of people in the stands does not measure the heart that our team has, the joy that we have together, the competitiveness and the will that we've shown getting on the court together. And so um, we just trust in each other believe in each other, go out there and fight together, and um, then it becomes a little easier to let the number of fans in the stands go. That's very cool. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll shift gears to the off-topic topics. Okay. What's the Buzz is brought to you by Circus Fowls, the long and short of it. 
Circus Fowls is an interactive reading strategy designed by Slane's very own Harvest Elementary teacher, Jody McMaster. While learning Circus Fowls, kids are engaged and empowered. It's really pretty amazing to see in action. I went to Erickson Elementary to make a video demonstrating Circus Fowls. I saw firsthand how well the strategy can work. The kids get super excited and they really love the whole thing. Reading scores in Michigan are far too low, which impacts all of us. Please go to Circus Fowl's website or Key Community Marketing's Facebook page to learn how you can help. Back to Leanne Reem. Okay, we are back. Now for the actual tough questions. All right. What is your favorite thing to do on a Saturday? Um, go to the gym. <laughs> I, um, Saturdays are my time where, because I don't have any other teaching responsibilities, it's a time that I can get in the gym with my own kids. It's a time that I can go out and watch um, my current athletes play or get them in the gym myself. Uh, I think that Something with my family and something in the gym, I think, would be the perfect Saturday. Very cool. Uh, what is your favorite TV show ever? Favorite TV show ever? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's not really a TV show, but um, if there's a time where I'm ever committed to watching television, it is during that time of March Madness and the, the magic. There's something special about that time that – well, allow me to take time out of my day to sit down and watch TV. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of like there's a unwritten rule that you can kind of uh, turn the game on at work or whatever you're doing uh, March Madness season. There's like that unwritten rule. Well, I don't do that. I don't break the rules here, but I go home and I definitely watch. Oh, wow. You're committed then. <laughs> uh, what's Speaking of being a middle school teacher, what's your favorite part about being a middle school teacher? It's the kids. It's... Um, the way in middle school, how you get to watch them really evolve. They start as young children and then start to figure out who they want to be. Um, and so the relationships with the kids and really watching them grow, and they inspire me every day. So definitely the relationships with my students. Would you ever want to code or uh, teach uh, different age kids just for a different experience? Or are you, are you really locked in on uh, teaching middle school? I love teaching the middle school. Um, I originally thought I was going to be an elementary teacher. Um, I'm not certified to teach at the high school. So if I taught something else, it would be elementary. And there could be a time where I would want something new. But right now, I'm all in middle school. I love it. And um, I can't see myself right now doing anything else. What is your favorite non-basketball sport? Non-basketball sport? Um, for me personally, um, softball was the other sport that I played. And I... I love that. As a mom, both of my girls dance, and I have gained this like profound appreciation of dance um, and the amazing strength, athleticism, time commitment, and work ethic it takes. And so watching my girls go through dance has really made me appreciate um, dance as a sport as well. But growing up, softball was my other love. Dance is insanely like committed to yes. you know time time commitments and it's crazy it's like every weekend it seems like there's something going on it's oh we're at the studio all the time <laughs> I, I will tell you I know the commitment right from uh from work to basketball to the dance studio for you a lot yeah well um I'm really really fortunate that we've got um sitters and family and friends that help me get my girls to the studio so often what it is is my girls are at the studio I'm at basketball. We both get done from our passion work, we call it, together, eat dinner, um, and spend some time together after that. What is the last song that you listen to on your iPod? Oh, I don't have an iPod. Or iPhone. Yeah. So um, 
I don't listen to music all the time. That There's something interesting about me. Um, I will um, read lots of articles, different articles about basketball, um, read different articles about teaching and science and the NGSS, um, or just watch little clips and videos about drills and skills and breaking down film. Um, but I'm not a real music listener. That's that's funny, especially because uh, basketball. It's like there's always seems like there's always music going in the gym. At least when I'm there. Yeah, and I love music in the gym too. I'm just not particular to um, one specific type. I'm not a. My girls are. My varsity players are. The, the music is key. I yeah. can tell you that. You let them pick the songs. Yeah, as long as they're school appropriate, we right, get an approved list, and then they run the show. I'm all for that. You said that you like to read a lot of basketball articles. Do you have a favorite writer? No, I get lots of, of things thrown at me all the time, and I like to read lots of whatever comes to me with the title. That's that's interesting from, from lots of different outlets. There's not one that I just follow in particular. What would you have become if you hadn't become a basketball teacher or basketball coach and teacher? Um, so really interesting. I went to college and I was pre-med. I, oh, I thought wow. I was going to be a dentist. And then I went through all of the challenging classes, organic chem and all these this tough thing. And then um, into my junior year of college, I, I just stopped and said, what am I doing? <laughs> Who am I really? And um, what's going to fulfill my life? And I knew I had to change. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, you don't really realize it until you actually go, but a lot of people have that epiphany of, you know, like I'm doing this, but I want to do that. And I think that's kind of what college is for, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the best thing that you cook? The best thing that I cook? Who? Um... There is a um, fish dish that I cook for my family that I love, rainbow trout. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. What's, what goes into that? So it's like a, a caper um, brown butter sauce that goes with uh, cauliflower and pine nut side. <laughs> oh, yes. Very fancy. Is that your fa kid's favorite as well? Uh, my kids love the fish, not the cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Expectedly. Yes. All right. Well, that's all the time that we're going to have for today. Uh, thanks so much for sitting down with me yeah. and uh, carving into your uh, schedule and making this work. All right. Thanks so much.